Cue the bagpipes, the Scotsman, Graham Cano led the way today. Your New York Giants are now 2-0. What a start to the season. We haven't seen a start like that in quite some time. Big Blue took down the Panthers 19-16, thanks to four field goals and two of them, 50-plus, 50-plus yarders by Graham Gano. We're going to break down the Giants' win and the 2-0 start to the season on a second straight. That's right, baby. Two straight post-game Blue Rush podcast from the New York Post. This episode of Blue Rush is presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Be iconic. Visit your Cadillac showroom today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jones will dump it off to a wide open Daniel Bellinger. His first catch in the NFL. So a touchdown for Bellinger. Graham Gano snakes it through and does it against the Panthers. A roll from Jones. He stumbled. He regained his footing. He runs for a first down. And the New York football giants are 2-0 for the first time since their last playoff trip in 2016. Big Blue! I want to welcome you guys back to a second straight victory edition. Yeah, I'm saying second straight victory edition of Blue Rush. It's our Giants podcast from the New York Post. You heard those highlights? Where they come courtesy of Fox. So shout out to Fox. The Giants won a nail biter at MetLife Stadium in the home opener over the Carolina Panthers 19-16. I'm Brandon London. I'm with my two co-hosts, two-time Super Bowl champion, kicker Lawrence Tynes, and the post-Giants beat writer Paul Schwartz. Giants win 19-16 over Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. They're now 2-0 in the season. I can't remember when's the last 2-0 starts they had. Big shout-out to kicker Graham Gano. Four field goals on the game, and including a game winner for the Giants. Next up, Monday night, we got the Cowboys. But let's get my guys in here. I want one of you guys take it. My voice is gone from screaming gone. the entire time. Brandon, let me let me take this. Let me let me take control of this podcast right now because we're two and zero. Oh, but the number that sticks out to me is seven. You know why? Seven field goals. This game was all about the kickers today. Oh God, Eddie Pinheiro, go. Eddie Pinheiro, <laughs> and then the Scotsman shoves one down their throat from fifty-one, and then just to put a little salt in the wound. He hits his old team over the head from 56 and puts the dagger in him. What a kick. What a freaking kick. The guy's a machine. Holy cow. I'll tell you what, we'll we'll talk more about the game, but let's just go ahead and shout out Graham Gano. I mean, that was a big time, big time kick. Those are big time kicks. We've talked about him before. He's 35. He's better than he was when he was 25. You know, he's not a good kicker. He's a great kicker. And it was Absolutely. funny because Dayball sent him out. He said, you know, go, go, something like that. And it's it, so a Graham said as he was going out, Dayball said to him, can you make it? I knew it going out there. Uh, Dave's looked at me and he kind of, just pointed and said, go out. And then he was like, hey, can you make this? And I looked over and said, yeah, and I laughed. And then I got out there, I was like, man, this is a long one. The wind is, is you know, blowing our way. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, you just try to hit it the same and, and uh, make sure you hit it pure. Uh, those guys did a great job. You know, like I was saying earlier, it takes a lot more. You know, it takes good blocking, good snap, good hold. No, it's it's a long way. That That's a long kick. Both of you, both of you, stop. If we're celebrating four field goals, you know what that means. The offense didn't get it done. So both of y'all, please. I understand we were celebrating the kicker. I get it. But come on now. This is the NFL. A defense shouldn't be holding a team to 16 points. So we can celebrate the kicker. Thank you, Graham. Good no, no, no. no. What you, you have to listen, do. you got to you got to tip your cap to the Carolina defense. That defense is it, it, that's a pretty good defense. But the the first turnover of the game, I think you got to punch that in. There's no excuse for that one. Where they got the ball, that part of the field, and then the other one, obviously, I think they should have at least gotten a touchdown of the game. That's 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 the game, right? They punch one or two of those in. It's a completely different ball game. They had yeah. look. If you look, think of it. The first game, no points in the first half. More of the same, abysmal offense. This game, what? Two field goals in the first half, not good offense. They get booed off the field, you know, the offense, and they won both games. So, look, this offense is evolving. There's no question. You know, he's playing rotating wide receivers, which is wild. We'll get into that. Wild. You know, no Tony in the first game, pretty much no Gala in the second game. They're learning this new offense. They're not doing that great. But in both games, the second half was way better than the first half, and they won. Best way to learn, right? Learn through winning. I think it's after what we've seen the last five years, this is pretty darn good. I know, Paul. I, I get that. And look, I'm I'm riding the high as well. I'm not trying to be the gloomy Gus here in that situation. But when I think of a Brian Dable and a Mike Kafka, I hold them to a higher esteem. That energy, that leadership that they bring. So if I see an offense that is a lot more complicated than a Jason Garrett's offense, is a lot more dynamic from what we saw all throughout OTAs, all throughout training camp, and it's still kind of getting the same production a little more than a Jason Garrett offense. Well, no, 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 but I'm, improvement. I'm, I'm, improvement. I'm, I'm a little worried. Look at Saquon Barkley, right? The first, we've seen it before after a big game, right? Five carries, three yards in the first half. Oh, you figure. It's going to be one of those games for Saquon. He gets 69 yards in the second half. I mean, that's improvement. They made adjustments. The offensive line got better. You know, I think this is progress. I, it's, it's, it's definitely progress. Look, they're not a great offense right now. They may never be a great offense. And they're probably not going to win 12 games. But I know they're not going to go uh, one in something because they've already no. got two. They've yeah, already if got you look two. at it from a, from a positive side of things, they literally lined up today with three number three, borderline number four wide receivers and a rookie tight end. Okay, Richie James. Sills and and Shepard. They're not one or twos. I mean, Sterling, possibly a two, but Richie James keeps showing up and making plays. They make just enough plays. You know, it's good to see because that's something they haven't been doing in years past. And Daniel was, again, much, much better in the second half. Looked like he settled down. I think he was a little jittery. You know how it is, Brandon. First game at home in front of the crowd. You just won a big game. I'm sure he was a little jittery. He looked a little jittery. He looked a little skittish. And quite frankly, the offensive line sucked today. They did not play great. Uh, there was a lot of pressure in his face as opposed to last week, which I thought Tennessee had a much better defensive line. But for whatever reason, uh, you know, Feliciano was was getting beat quite a bit and some of the guys on the edge. But they're a good defense and they're a good front. But they found a way to win the game. And I think that's the most important thing that Giants fans left the stadium with. I guess it's just like the former receiver in me that just knows what this offense can be. That just, Paul, again, it goes back to us actually being at practice and like seeing with the movement and all. Just think of how excited we were back in OTAs, minicamp, where we were talking about the different dynamics and scheme and things. 
And then you 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 look at it. You we can say we can learn from winning, but I also am on the other side of winning masks things as well, winning covers things as well. So when you look at two opportunities like that, one in the red zone, one around that fringe green zone area, and you only get six points out of it going forward to where this team, if they're going to go forward, and yeah, you say they may not win 12, but if you're going to win 12, 12 games get you 14 points out of those first two turnovers. Eight games get you 10 points out of those first two. You know what I like, though? You know what I like? You know, what do you guys say, Lawrence? You say it, Brandon, you said it when you were a player, right? Sometimes you got to play above the X's and O's, right? So look, in the first game, what happens? That two-point conversion, we love that play, right? That play is beat. That play did not break open. The linebacker's coming right at Saquon. He makes a great move. He rose above the X's and O's and scores. What happens in, in this game, right? The Giants don't want to give ball, the ball back to the Panthers, right? They run a naked, right? Naked bootleg. Daniel gets the ball, looks, Saquon's covered. The Panthers had it covered. They know Saquon's. What does Daniel do? He doesn't panic. He runs for 11 yards, game over. So, you know, you know, the defense won both those reps, and the Giants ended up winning the game with Saquon and with Daniel Jones. And look, there's been a lot of games where Daniel Jones has done just enough to lose. You know, in these games, he's done just enough to win. And let's be fair. We judge these quarterbacks, these quarterbacks, you know, Lawrence, you didn't have a one loss record on your, in your, in your career, right? The quarterbacks get the one loss records. He's two and oh, you know, he's had that terrible record the last two or three years. So we got to give it to him. Has he been great? No, but he's made winning plays. And Brian Dable said, that's two games Daniel has been good. He's a hard grader. It's just light years different. It's better. It's Mo- so most importantly, better. he's building some self-confidence. Yeah. It, you know, he, he, he has games. been, as you guys yeah. know, we've talked about him on this show and every other talking head in New York City has talked about him and whether he's the guy or not, and he hears it. So, you know, he's building, slowly building confidence. You know, we'll revisit this game too, maybe in week 12 and see what they are. I, I think it's going to evolve. But of course, you've got to get your two highest paid receivers in the game somehow, Tony and Galladay. I don't know what the hell is going on with Galladay. I don't think anybody does. But again, here he was a no-show, didn't play, two snaps. You know, I don't know what's going on there, but something tells me that he's just not showing up in practice, right? If, if that's how he's gauging guys, whether they play on Sunday or not, he, he's certainly not putting in the work. He's pouting. You know, he's making a great amount of money, and he's not helping this football team, which I think he could be a weapon for us, obviously, in the red zone. But I don't know. They're winning in spite of him, but it sure would help if we had him out there along with Kadarius Tony. It's a mixture of what you just said and what Paul said last week about Kadarius when he was saying how Brian Dable kind of doesn't care who you are. The best player is going to play. You want a dollar? And you I want gave a dollar? You, I, gave you want a dollar? Some, <laughs> I gave you some stuff for it, Paul. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? You telling me Kadarius Tony doesn't need to be David Seals needs to be playing over Kadarius Tony. And I think every Giants fan will look at it in that situation in terms of talent and all. But this is a coach that who is is dead a bleep bleep me out, Jake, if you have to dead and serious about if you don't know and know you know, and we don't trust you, and Daniel doesn't trust you, and you're not making plays like the whole shebang. There's no more of those days, uh, 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 times where it's like, oh, you're a second round pick or we gave you X amount of money. You have to play. This is one of those coaches that are, is living and dying by that. And right now he is 2-0 with benching his two top money guys 
you know, he made a really nice play today. That call on Sills was bogus. That He made a really nice play, and then we get the bad call on Sills. And, you know, these receivers, as you know, you little divas, you guys need the ball to get going and start feeling good and, and all that stuff. Then. Yeah, mm-hmm. give us the ball. And when he got a ball, you know, what was that, third quarter? Was it second quarter, third quarter? And that would have got him going. But, you know, for whatever reason, there's a penalty, a phantom call, and he kind of, you know, he has two catches for no yards. But, you know, I tweeted something out at the end of the game, which I thought was very cool. When he went up to Daniel Jones, hugged him, shook his hand, was smiling. That's the kind of guy KT is. You know, he means what he says. Would he love to be producing more? I think he would. But I don't think he's a disgruntled teammate. I don't think he's a guy that's going to turn into this bad, bad egg in the locker room because he just said, look, I just want to win. You know, whatever and, he said. And, in his and, pre- and, and to be fair for Galladay, uh, Dable said he told him early in the week, he explained what the deal was this week, and he's really not going to be involved in the office. And he said Galladay was OK. Now, you know, Galladay was a good teammate about it. Now, that's fine. But moving forward, if Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay are not pretty good players for this team, they got an issue because they don't have enough receivers. They really don't. And Dable is establishing a culture. And I know that's a cliche this team for this year and also to establish something. And what he's establishing is you play because I think you deserve to play. And that's it. That's all it is. You know what I mean? So, he, look, Kenny Galladay's not going to be here next year. He just isn't. You know what I mean? Unless something dramatically changes, he's not going to be here next year. Joe Shane didn't draft Kadarius Tony. you know? So so he's not his mistake. I'm not saying he's a mistake. It, it's just we know the, the deal is. Brian Dable couldn't wait to get the rookie Wandale Robinson on the field in the opener. Then he got hurt. So... This is establishing things. You know, who's going to be the guys going forward? He's learning all about these guys. I mean, Dable said in the in the postgame, and uh, Lawrence, you'll like it, he let Graham uh, uh, bring up the team after the game. You know what I mean? So oh, well, course, yeah. Go let the kicker break down the kicker break down. Let, let, the, kicker, they let the kicker break down the team. I don't think Tom ever gave me those privileges. But no, is that true? You never broke down the team? No, I did. I did, yeah. I Which game? Which game did you? Uh, a couple times, probably Dallas when we opened up Jerry's World. I think yeah. I had four or five field goals in the game winner. What about uh, the? Uh, did anyone break down the game in the Packer uh, playoff game in the uh, Ice Bowl? Or you guys were no? Nah, there, there was too much, too many, too much. I don't even think we broke it down. There was so much celebrating going on. I mean, I figure you guys would all be huddling with each other just to keep yeah, it warm. Yeah, we were just trying to survive. I was trying to take care of my foot at that time. Hey, how about Julian Love, though? How about that play by Julian? Big time play. It's like Mariano Rivera. You need a close. He, he's right? a big time player, man. He he's he he is a he's a very, very good player. Versatile, can kind of drop in the slot, play corner, he can play safety. And shout out to some of these young guys uh that played today in in place of Robinson. They did okay. I know you're playing ba- uh Baker Mayfield, who man, he's a descending player, man. Yeah, struggle bust. It's you, you, you get him moving out of that pocket and it's a wrap. It, it just it just doesn't look good for him. It doesn't seem like that offense or that scheme fits him at all. So he's a one to, you know, get the ball out. And he was holding the ball a lot today. So, yeah, it's been a struggle for him. But, hey, we'll take it. Hey, you guys notice uh, Xavier McKinney's new role today? Did you he know? drop down and play some corner? He, 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 he was in the box. A lot. Um, uh, Xavier McKinney, after the game, said, Wink came over to me and said, you got McCaffrey. Okay, so out of the backfield, he was basically playing almost like a linebacker role, and he was up near the line of scrimmage. And why was that? Because they trusted Dane Belton, a rookie. Now, first play snap of his career, he recovers a fumble on the kickoff, right? That was cool. So that's – that Wink trusts him to play deep. Xavier, you can move up. And what did what did uh, McCaffrey have? He had 
four catches for 26 yards. You'll take that every he had day. The one big, he had the one big chunk play on the run. You know, Belton kind of took a bad angle coming. For, it was a single safety. But, again, you're talking about Christian McCaffrey. It's not like some just schmo you're out there talking, tackling in the open field. I mean, he, he is Christian McCaffrey. So, But that was it. That was the only play I feel like that they – yeah, kind of gave but up. Kenny's been yardage. dying for that. You know, he's been playing deep safety the first two years. He's not involved enough. And he, he, you know, he said, look, there's some different monsters in there. You know, he said, there's some different monsters up there in the line of scrimmage. Oh, yeah. That's but he liked it. Yeah. He liked it. He's good at it. And, you know, this is Wink. He sends, he dials up for Julian Love at the right time. He puts McKinney up there. And this is without his pass rushers, unfortunately. Big, unfortunately, looks like he's going to be without Leonard Williams for a little bit here. I don't know how the severity of that knee injury, but he was removed from the game. He's not playing anytime soon, I don't think. And that's basically irreplaceable. I mean, he's 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 irreplaceable. And to go back to uh, to Xavier McKinney, he's kind of playing that role where we saw Jabril Peppers at. You know, remember Jabril kind of went down to the box, played a nickel wheel or, or, or sometimes played that nickel, that nickel slot position. And he just continues to grow. Like, you just see him year after year. That's why he wears the C on his chest. Dane Belton almost had an interception as well. Went right off his fingertips. He almost got to that. So the fact that Wink is playing that three safety interchangeable, you being able to move high, you come down low, that's just going to show. First and foremost, I said he's feeling what Patrick Graham felt last year, not having the offense to kind of give you 20-something plus points. And then having a defense where you didn't have an established pass rusher because his two pass rushers are sidelined with injuries right now. But you see how innovative he's being. You see how creative he's doing. And you would think Wink would be blitzing like every down trying to create pressure. He's really okay rushing for a lot of the time. So we haven't even seen what it's going to be like when Aziz and, uh, and the number five pick of the draft comes down here. So when you talk about the Giants offense, I get frustrated in a sense because it's like I've seen it and I, I've seen what it can be and I want it now. But when you talk about the Giants defense, what we're seeing now, how it is, and knowing when you get those two studs coming back off the edge, you're like, wow, this defense can be really good, can be really strong. And how about O'Shane Zimenez? How about O'Shane? Yeah, he played, he's, he's played great, man. Right? I mean, you got to give yeah. credit. You know, that's his first sack since his rookie year. He got, he has a good rookie year, four and a half sacks. Solid rookie year. You know, he's a, he's a small school pass rusher. Second year gets hurt. His whole season's messed up, shoulder, IR, that stuff. And then buried by the Joe Judge regime. Just buried. He didn't do a lot. You know, let's let's be fair. And then they just buried him. He had a bad penalty, remember, during the season. And that was the end of that. Uh, if you asked me in, in training camp, right at the start of training camp, is O'Shane Zimenez on this team? I would say probably not. You know, they're probably going to move on from him. He's not their draft pick. You know, he's got to have a big summer. I don't know if he had a big summer, but he stayed healthy. He certainly stayed healthy. They kept him around. He's been he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. He's a team guy. He's he's been terrific. And, and you know, it's it's Wink is very big on what you can do and what you can't do. I'll figure out and, and, and try to hide that what you can do. They, he empowers these players. I think he makes them think they're better than they are. It's it's um, it's worked with him, you know, and, and that's a guy who, who's really been off the scrap heap. I mean, you couldn't be I think the last seven or eight games he was inactive last year. I mean, he was buried. And he's been he's been reincarnated with this this coaching staff. You know, another guy who he has playing better than what people 
said he was or is Dory Jackson. Paul, he is playing like he was all over Robbie, i.e. Robbie with a Y. I don't know how he's spelling his name these days. He was all over this dude the entire game. Dory Jackson has showed up these last two. Well, I mean, first it's two a scheme, it's scheme fit. He's a, he's a man corner. It's why Bradbury succeeded under Patrick Graham. He's an off corner. He doesn't have he doesn't possess the same speed Adore Jackson does. Adore Jackson was playing off the ball, off corner. That is not his game, you know. And, and it's why he's succeeding right now in this man coverage because that's who he is. That's who he's been since he was a USC. He's a baller, and those guys like to be in the mix and cover guys, man. And it's given that defense and wink the flexibility to go do some of these scheme schematic things that he likes to do in these games. But I was impressed with some. He's never been. I'm sorry. He's never been known as a real physical guy. And they mentioned no. Wink said he was really physical the first week. And I uh, agree. Yeah. Him and Robinson were really, you know, they were really helpful in the run game, which you had to have against a Derrick Henry type running back. If your corners and your secondary is not helping out once he gets to that next level. But Aaron Robinson and, and Adoree Jackson, they stuck their hat in there. I mean, that's not easy to do when you weigh 190 pounds, but they were doing it. Hey, what, what did we say? We thought they had a chance to get off to a good start because of their schedule, right? And, you know, and then you say the first game, you say, all right, the Titans, that's, that's a bad schedule. The Titans don't have a great passing attack, though. So they were able to hold in. Uh, you know, hold in. You know, look, if you stop Derrick Henry, you're going to be in pretty good shape. They did a great job against Derrick Henry. So then the second game, this was a bad passing attack. You know, I, I you know, I think DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson have are, are weapons, you know, they're phenomenal players, players. Yeah. Right. But but the look, the quarterback, let's not forget about Baker Mayfield. He got there in July, I think, right? Ben McAdoo gets him, he's changing all his footwork. He's got to learn the offense. He's learning he, everything's changed with him. I heard Baker Mayfield is working his butt off. Five in the morning, he's showing up. He's just not ready with, and maybe it's not a good scheme fit, but you know, I, I think McAdoo likes him a little bit, but it's just, it's too, it's too much too soon for him. Baker is talented in the right scheme. I mean, he's got so many limitations in terms of, you know, you have to move the pocket. You have to get him on the remove. He just can't, you know, all the batted balls, you go back through his career last week, there was five and then they didn't have any fumbled snaps this week, which he had a problem with last week. But yeah, we, we've kind of, listen, the schedule has broken the giants way. Early. We'll talk about the Cowboys later, but Cooper Rush looked pretty good today. He's not just some typical backup. I actually thought the offense looked better under him than it did under Dak. I watched the game closely. Yeah, he looks really good, man. He played really, really well. Go watch the film. We'll talk about that this week, but he looked great. He looks poised. He looked like he's been playing for 10 years. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, let's not forget the Panthers have now lost nine straight games. Okay. Oh, yes. The last seven last year, Owen two this year. And who's their coach, Matt rule. He would have been the giants coach. I feel if he comes for that interview and David Tepper, the Carolina Panthers owner doesn't give him a sick contract. I mean, just a ridiculous, not stated, you know, just not a, a, a market contract way above market for that guy. What? Seven years, I think, or something, you know, just oh, a yeah. ridiculous contract. If he comes to the Giants, they're going to hire him. 
because they like him. He'd been an assistant coach for them. I think they hire him. And he has the ex- he had the exact same record in his two years as Joe Judge did. The exact same record with the Panthers. And now he's 0-2 and they are swimming upstream. It's going to be tough for him to stay around. So it's just interesting. Yeah, they're 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 not a they're not a good football team. Got some good players, but overall as a team, yeah, they're just not very good. That's why I said it was so important for the Giants to win this game, to 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 stamp and approve and validate the win in Tennessee that it wasn't a fluke. We'll see what Tennessee ends up doing the rest of the year, but I think they'll be a a good football team, a solid football team, but they had to win this one for sure. Hey, hey, times I used that too in a couple couple conversations I had. I was like, Giants need to win this game, otherwise the Tennessee game don't mean nothing. And then I used some of Paul. Well, Paul says, remember, we're missing – because remember, I was like, oh, we could go 3-0. and oh. You're like, oh, pump your brakes. Remember, you're a missed field goal. So I took a little bit of both of y'all and, uh, and, and used it when talking to some Giants fans. But, Paul, when I was leaving, I left right after the game because I wanted to go out – tailgate let's go giants all through the parking lot all through the metlife stadium parking lot times i you know i've tailgated with this with this organization quite some times that's how i that was my niche when i was giants in-house media tailgate to hear the entire parking lot go let's go giants my phone died otherwise i would have got it on video it was it, you you just you just haven't you just haven't heard it you haven't seen it in quite well, some time. I, I felt like I heard it when the Giants were on offense today in the fourth quarter. Have they forgotten? They just they've just completely forgotten when to make noise and when not to because it's been so long <laughs> since they've had any kind of you know good looking offense or a chance to win a football game at home. So. Um, I'm glad they won. I'm glad the fans look like a beautiful day. Direct TV and Sunday NFL package had other plans, but um, I was able to watch it on the rewind. It's good, man. Listen, it's great for the city. It's good for this team. It's good for the staff. It's good for everybody. Everybody in the building wins. You know that. But the good thing about the NFL is you get to go do it again next week and, and see if you're any good. 2-0 and for the first time since 2016. You know, that was the last time they did anything. And, um, yeah, I, I just – look, you cannot under – you cannot overstate what the coaching staff has done. You really – you really – you know, they, they've changed things. Now, I'm not saying that we have a great record or a great team, but they've changed things. Wink has changed things on defense. They're much more aggressive, maybe a little less cerebral, much more aggressive. And, uh, and on offense, they're more creative. It has not come through yet, but they are. And Dayball has – been a really, really calming influence on this team. You know, they, they the two point conversion last week. They, they, his teammates loved it, as you would expect. And he said in, in the post game, you know, he said to his team, you know, in the locker room, if we would have lost this game, you know, most coaches don't say that. He said, if we would have lost this game, I still would have been okay because our process is good every week. Okay, that's great, but it's better to win and have the process good too. And they won two in a row, and that just fortifies a new coach, right? fortifies him with his team. I'm glad you brought up Coach Dable in the press conference because we actually have a soundbite of him talking about the win, talking about the team. Good win. Wins are hard to come by in this league. And we got a scrappy bunch, okay, that doesn't waver. And that's what you appreciate. We don't waver, all right? This is going to be a long, hard journey. It is for all of us, okay? And the result is great. I love it. But remember, it's the, if we lost this game, it's still about our preparation and our process. Okay, our preparation and process. It's just it's a different energy. It's a different energy around the building. Well, guys, I'm curious. Jake here. Uh, I'm I'm back. How's it going? Hey, uh, you, you mentioned the fan base, and 
think about it. The Giants Cowboys, besides like the regular week one debuts, haven't had like a big divisional matchup in a while, it feels like. And this is setting up for a pretty epic Monday night game, a packed house next week. The first game of the fall, the weather's cooling down. The Giants hoodies are coming out. This is going to be you talk about today being raucous, a two and oh Giants team looking ahead to play the, you know, winless Bears in in a week later. This is a huge Monday night matchup in a matchup that usually there's a lot of Cowboy fans at MetLife Stadium. It's been like 70, 30, 60, 40. It's going to be 80, 20 Giants to Cowboys fans and a chance to go three and oh, this is exciting. And we get the resident giant haters, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck on the call for Monday Night Football. I mean, I don't know how true that is, but it, it comes it's not off as true that. at all. It's not. It's true. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course, it's not true. But listen, it, it's early in the season. The Giants are in it. Giants fans, hold on to your freaking tickets and go to the football game and make some noise because, um, you know, we have a chance to to make some noise here, go 3-0. And, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be probably one of the coolest games to go to in a long time there because it does kind of matter. You know, it's not COVID. It's not Joe Judge's or Jason Garrett's offense. I mean, there's something to come and watch. And so it'll be exciting for fans, Giants fans. And I don't know if I'm wrong here, but I don't think the Giants beat the Cowboys at home since 2016 when Odell mm. took that slant, right? Well, uh, I know, uh, are we allowed to say the O word on the podcast? Guys? Odell? Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, Sure. I'm, a big, I'm a big fan. Yeah, he's a free agent. You trade him, you know, trade for him. Well, actually, he's a free agent. You don't have to trade anything. Since he took that slant and just broke a couple guys' angles, that was the first time I looked and was like, oh, man, Odell's like fast, fast, not like just regular fast. But, yeah, just think of the – I don't know if y'all remember that moment when Giants fans erupted, when, 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 when Giants beat the Cowboys that year. But that's that type of same energy that right now – Am I, call me crazy, Paul. Am I, am I too crazy to expect that type of energy and result on Monday? They're two and zero. Oh. They're, they're two and zero. Oh. You can't be. You have points. Their offense isn't great. Defense has played well, but they're two and zero. Oh. And if they're two and zero, oh, you can dream of anything when you're two and zero. Oh, you know. And I also think Giant fans are very realistic. I really do. I think they know what they have. They know they have an improving team with a first-year coach. Like I said, they were there were boos pretty early in this game for the offense. People know what to expect, and they have to get this passing game up to speed. Saquon said it today after the game. Look, after my first game, every team in this league is going to try to stop me. That's all there is. And I, I would I would absolutely on defense say make Daniel Jones beat us through the air because I don't think these receivers lining up here can beat us on a regular basis. That's probably that's a fair true. statement. But I mean, they're two, yeah, they're two and zero, oh, and you know, Sills made a, a play. You know, the, the Shepherd made a play in the opener. You're gonna need to make a lot of plays. If if Kadarius Tony and or Kenny Galladay are not good players for this team, they're not gonna have enough receivers. But they're two and zero oh right now, and and you know when when that happens or if that happens and they come up short, then we can say, look. We got an issue with receiver until then. We'll see. Eight months ago on this podcast, you guys were talking about free medium sodas at MetLife Stadium. Now we're going into a Monday night game that matters. The Giants could cross the pond and be 4-0 when they leave the United States of America in a couple of weeks. And I think Giants fans should be pumped about that. Yeah, I'm sure they, they are pumped yeah. up about it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But right now they're 2-0. So they are pumped up. But I think they're realistic. You know, they're realistic that we won two close games. It's much yeah. better. 
They, I mean, people are looking at this team through a, you know, a very, very tight lens in terms of, you know, who we are, what we got at quarterback. I mean, no one's sold on anything that this is a championship caliber football team. There's a lot of, you know, dissecting every throw that Daniel Jones makes, which I hate, but it is what it is. We're all on social media. We see it. That's what he's, that's the corner he's backed himself into because of how he's played previously, uh, you know, in the last two or three years. So um, when he comes out and doesn't play well in the first half, to your point, Paul, the boos, they're warranted. In New York City, you know, it's why they celebrate you so much when you win. Uh, they're going to be tough on you. And quite frankly, the offense in the first half was, you know, they were expecting kind of a, you know, after the second half in Tennessee, rolling that back into this week. But they've they played two good halves of football offensively, if you will. If you call the second half of today's game good, I thought the way they – you know, changed up the running game a little bit. They gave him some different looks, and Saquon was able to get some wiggle room. And I'll tell you what, man, he the way he's shifting his balance and running, the amount of confidence he has in that knee as opposed to years past is it's pretty neat to watch. I mean, he did some cuts, and they weren't crazy long runs, but the way he's moving in between the tackles, you know, dropping his pads down and just shifting on a dime, it looks – I'm happy for him. He looks good, man. And usually, really usually when Saquon gets off to a bad start, it doesn't get salvaged, you know, in these games. You know, everything goes – they, they don't go in a tank, but it goes down. They can't – it's, oh, this is going to be one of those days. And it was not. It was one of those halves. It was not one of those days. You know, he was an effective runner in the second half. They needed him badly. You know, on, on, on the game-winning – was it the field – the um, I think on the field goal drive, you know, they gave it to him like, you know, 10 yards, nine yards. They threw him a pass, you know. And then how about Gary Brightwell, the up back for 14? Man, what a nice run. On third and one. Now, now that's Mike Kafka. You know how many rushing attempts Gary Brightwell has had in his NFL career? Wasn't that his second or first? That was his second. He had one at the end of last year. So if that, let's just think of that as as a a first-year coordinator, right? If that play, if he gets tripped up, and it, it goes for nothing. They got a punt. What are, what are people, maybe even me, saying? You have Saquon in the backfield. You're giving the ball to Gary freaking Brightwell? Really? I mean, does that make well, any sense? Little window dressing, Paul. All eyes were on 2-6. All eyes were on 2-6. Yes, they were. They Keep did the belly. That because you got success on that play. Now you fake that. You pitch it out. Yo, I'm, I'm just saying it, it's, yep. it was yep, not. Sure. It, yeah, they're not going to give it to him. The up back, they gave it to him. Right? He didn't get two yards. He got 14. Pretty good. Pretty good. That's a little last year. That was Eli Penny getting the belt. Yep. All right. Game balls. Really fast before we close this out. Jake, you give a game ball as well. Game balls. Paul started soft call. Do I have to give one or or three or just look? Just one. I'm giving for the one sake to, of time. I'm yeah. Graham, giving one. To Don't Graham you touch Gano. my special teams game. No, ball, I'm giving Paul. one to Graham. Don't Gano. you dare touch my Brandon, special teams game. Brandon ball. London called me first. Okay, I'm giving one to okay. Graham Gano. He okay. Used to be my second favorite Scottish kicker, but is he starting he, to? He might be rising on the charts. Oh man! So please, this stop. is disheartening. Please stop interrupting. This is disheartening. Me. Yes, yes. Uh, I didn't say he's still second, but he's. It's like what do they say in um in um in uh, the radio? It's he's number two with a bullet. He's moving up a little bit. You know? uh, yeah, he is. Well, listen, he's moving up. He's moving up in front of me, in my own opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Graham gets my game ball. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give Graham a very uh, – listen, I'm just going to go ahead. If we do a video, I'm going to give Graham the Golden Football Award. Ooh, wow. He gets this for the golden leg. Graham Gano. What is that? Scotsman. What is it's that? It's a, a special football for Super Bowl winners. But anyway, 
I'm giving this to Graham. So Graham, I'm giving you this for your golden foot this week. Congratulations. Game ball. Graham Gano, Scotsman. Number nine. Number nine, too, guys. Number nine. That number should go up in the rafters maybe one day. He said, I see your game ball and I raise you a golden. Golden balls. Like Like Willy Wonka. It's like Willy Wonka. It's the golden ticket. That's it. I gave Jake, it how you gonna, how you gonna come after that, Jake? Well, a perfect transition for the guy that wears gold shoes and gold chains. Me, you do I rock love, the gold love, shoes. Love, yeah, I love gold shoes. Love the golden ball. Cue the bagpipes. I'll insert the bagpipe music here for Graham Gano. He's got to get one. You know, I'll give one to Dane Belton too, because to start the game off like that and force a turnover in your home opener, the crowd's already pumped up. I mean, that just added extra juice. So that's another special teams ball you're giving out. Listen to that. This is it's just a special, special show. Yeah, because yeah. he got put on skates on that run by uh, McCaffrey today. So he doesn't get one for defense. This is the special teams episode of Blue Rush. Brandon, finish him off. Xavier McKinney, you shut down the guy who you shut down the biggest threat on that offense. Not someone shut him. You neutralize the biggest threat on that offense. We know what CMC does when he gets the ball in his hands in space. Locked him up, man. Did play some great defense. Minimalized the some of the big plays that Baker kind of – you can tell they were drawing plays up for him as well. So when you draw something up, you run it all week against the scout team. You hit it for 14. You hit it for 20-something. You're relying on that play to make it be a big play on Sunday. Xavier neutralized that threat. Locked that up, man, man. So – X-Man, and he's a Chelsea fan. All right, guys, so that we're going to wrap up the podcast. We'll preview that Giants-Cowboys Monday night game on Thursday's Blue Rush podcast. But the Scotsman will close this episode of Blue Rush next. Hey, man, I appreciate y'all. Let's keep grinding, all right? Let's keep grinding. Giants on three. One, two, three, Giants! And that says cheerio to episode 109 of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown, Andrew Hartz, and our new intern, Josh Crawford, for producing the show. This is the Groove Voice. I have returned, Lawrence, the Scotsman and Groove. It's Jake Brown here. And yes, we have an intern on board. How about that? They pay interns now, Lawrence. How about that? Back in our day, we didn't get paid to intern. Aye, it's nice to get a fair wage around here in, in, in this tough economy. All right, new episodes of Blue Rush drop Monday mornings and Thursdays. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your bloody podcasts. For Polly Schwartz, Brandon London, Jake Brown, I'm the Scotsman, Lawrence Tynes. We will return to your eardrums on Thursday to preview the Giants matchup Monday night against the Bloody Cowboys. Thanks for listening to Blue Rush, and let's go Big Blue. Grab Gano has done us again. <laughs>